Well, thank you uh, to Caitlin, uh, Richard and Sasha. And uh, you'll be pleased to know my, the reverb has gone off my vocals. So I had a few text messages coming in there before. Um, so I'm no longer sounding like I'm in a cave, which is hopefully a pleasing thing for you. Maybe it reminded you of the, the empty tomb, that, that reverby noise was intentional, obviously. Well, um, let me talk about uh, uh, the, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And um, let's just bring ourselves back to that, that, that morning, um, uh, that first morning. The Sabbath had ended on Saturday at, shut, at sundown and there was no point venturing out late at night. So early on Sunday morning at the crack of dawn, Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James and the other women with them went to Jesus' tomb with spices. These women had walked with Jesus to the cross and they'd stayed with him when others um, left and they were there right to the bitter end, and they wanted to complete his burial. But when they get there, they discover that Jesus is not there, and just his burial cloths are there. And instead they see two men glowing in dazzling clothes, and they were obviously angels who stood beside them. And they got so frightened, these women, as you would, and they immediately threw themselves on the ground, um, in, in acknowledgement of the fact and, and in an awareness of the fact that they were in the presence of heavenly beings. And the angels ask him the strange question, why, why do you look for the living among the dead? Why have you wasted your time coming to a tomb to look for a person who is alive? Of course, the reason they did this was because they assumed he was dead, as you would. And then the angels said, He's not here, he is risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified and on the third day be raised again? And the thing is, it's completely true that Jesus had talked about uh, his death and resurrection to the disciples on various occasions. And in fact, he said word for word what the angels just said back in Luke chapter 9, verse 22. And he hints at it at different times. Like think about the parable of the prodigal son and uh, the, the father's words of joy, which were prophetic. This son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was once lost and now is found. Or on another occasion, remember what Jesus said? Um, he said, um, if they do not listen to Moses and the prophets, they will not be convinced even if someone rises from the dead. Hint, hint, hint. So, you know, Jesus did mention it, and there are lots of other examples I could, I could give um, over, the year, over the couple of years that they spent together, but I guess it's no surprise that the disciples didn't really understand. Thing is, while Jesus talked about this all the time, and while the disciples heard him say it, they didn't really hear him as such. Because the whole idea of resurrection in this sense, was new to them. So when he was talking about rising from the dead, they were thinking of other things. For example, the Jews believed that, um, you know, there was a, a kind of a, a thing that could happen where some people could come along who manifested the spirit of earlier prophets. But the idea isn't really... So this is a kind of a resurrection, but not in the sense of what they were ex hearing about on Easter morning. Um, like, uh, you know, the prophet Elijah... Could, his spirit could manifest in a future person. 
that kind of idea. And they also believed in this idea of the, the, the resurrection would be a, like a momentous time after Israel's suffering where um, God's people would be given new life and new bodies, but they never imagined in their wildest dreams that they would be witnesses to what they saw that morning. They never imagined that they would see someone executed on one day and then three days later be alive again. But after what the angels said, the women started to get it. They remembered his words. And they rushed back to tell the 11, because remember Judas had died, the 11 apostles and the others who were with them. And the men didn't believe what they heard. They were completely sceptical. They thought it was nonsense. We should not think of the apostles as, as keen men who, who want to believe in an old story, so that any old story, so that they can believe, that, so they can start a religion. They're not just keen and champing at the bit to start a new religion around resurrection. They wanted proof. This was not their idea. So Peter rushed to the tomb to see what they were talking about and he saw Jesus' burial cloths lying there, but there was no body, just as the women said. And Peter went away completely startled and wondering what had happened. Later that day, the resurrected Jesus appeared to Jesus face to face and this changed his life forever. His witnessing of the resurrection drove his whole ministry and this is why he wrote in the opening of the first letter that he wrote, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to his great mercy, he has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. 1 Peter 1 verse 3. Well, we've been doing an Apostles' Creed series uh, in our church and we're going to skip over the bit that we actually had got up to which was he descended to the dead, uh, which you're probably wondering what that's all about because that's actually one of the hardest bits to understand in the Apostles' Creed. And you'll be glad to know I'm going to preach that next Sunday, which I know is a little bit out of order, but um, I just thought um, it'd be nice to preach the resurrection on Easter Day, obviously. So we're talking about the bit in the Apostles' Creed that says, we believe in Jesus Christ who on the third day he rose again. If you are sceptical about Jesus' resurrection, well, then you are in good company because the apostles were sceptical at first. But to be a Christian is to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's the most important belief that, Jesus, that Christians have about Jesus. It's the most important belief that Christians have full stop. Paul writes, if Christ isn't written, risen, then we may as well throw in the towel and give up on Christianity. Well, I'm going to continue to look at Luke 24 because it's a great chapter of the Bible to give us um, helpful, a helpful understanding of what, what the resurrection is all about and why it's so important. Well, the same day that the women and Peter went to the tomb, there were two disciples walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus. It's a town about 11 kilometres from Jerusalem, but nobody really knows now where it, where it uh, is. Um, it's a town that's since gone. And then as they were walking and talking, Jesus started w walking with them. Well, we know from reading the Bible that that's who it was, but they had no idea who it was. 
because Jesus prevented them from recognizing him until later on. That sounds a bit strange, doesn't it? But that is how it is with all of us. Before we know who Jesus is, he is walking beside us throughout our lives. Through ups and downs, the victories and the losses, the beauty and the ugliness. He's walking with us even when we don't realize it. And then in his perfect timing, he chooses to reveal himself to us. One of the great privileges I have as a minister is to watch people go from not realizing that Jesus is in their life to realizing it all of a sudden. It's like on one day they can't see him and on the next day they can. What I mean by seeing is uh, it's maybe they know intellectually about Jesus, but then suddenly they know him in their heart in a relation, relational sense. Well, this hadn't happened yet to these two walking along. They hadn't recognized Jesus. And Jesus said to them, well, he asked them, what are you talking about, you two? And they didn't really answer. They were terribly sad. They were grieving because Jesus had died only a couple of days earlier. One of the disciples called Cleopas said, are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? Everyone in Jerusalem was talking about Jesus' crucifixion. Well, what things, Jesus said? About Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed before God and all the people. And that is how they saw him at that stage, these two disciples of Jesus. They saw him as a a prophet, but they hoped that he was a lot more than that. Listen to what they continue to say. The chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death. And they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. That's what they hoped. They hoped that he was the redeemer. Now these two disciples knew about what had happened that morning with the women at the tomb. They said that they were amazed at hearing this. They also knew about the other men who went to the tomb and some of our companions, they say, who went to the tomb. So not just Peter, but others. And then Jesus turned to them and he rebuked them. How foolish you are and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? Their problem was that they had failed to accept what was taught to them in biblical prophecy. The prophets had clearly spoken about the Messiah's suffering and subsequent glory, but Cleopas and his companion hadn't understood. They probably had grasped the part about the Messiah marching into glory, but had overlooked the parts about the Messiah having to suffer and then after that entering into glory. So Jesus walked them through the Hebrew Bible. He went back to Moses and all the prophets and showed them exactly what the scriptures meant and what they said about him. He taught them that throughout the Bible there is a consistent theme, a divine purpose which, which culminates in the cross and the resurrection. So when you say that you, we believe in Jesus Christ who on the third day rose again, we claim that everything that the Old Testament says about Israel's future Messiah, that he would be killed and rise again, is fulfilled 
in Jesus Christ and his death and resurrection. That's what we're saying. Well, anyway, eventually they arrived at Emmaus after the 11-kilometer walk, and Jesus looked like he was going to keep going. But the two disciples were so excited about what they had learned that they urged him strongly to stay with them for the evening, and he did. When they sat down at the table, Jesus went through the motions the host would usually would usually do at a Hebrew meal. The only thing was that he wasn't the host. So this is a bit strange. Now we would read this now and we would go, is this communion? Is he doing communion with them? And some people think that might have been what he's doing, although it just says he broke bread. He didn't say he went into sharing wine and then talking about, you know, doing this until he returns or you know doing the, saying the same words as the last supper perhaps he was either way this is no ordinary meal in the sense that it's the first meal of the new creation that we see talked about there was something about what he did in that meal that caused their eyes to open something familiar something so they knew exactly who jesus was and as soon as they recognized him he vanished from their sight suddenly to these two disciples, everything that had happened to them on the road to Emmaus made sense. They remembered how their hearts were burning within them. They remembered how Jesus' Bible teaching made them so excited and bursting with joy. He literally opened the scriptures and revealed its meaning in a new and remarkable way. If you say that you believe that Jesus rose on the third day, then you are identifying with that sensation that Cleopas and his companion had. Jesus' resurrection is not just an intellectual idea, but it's one that sings through the whole Bible. It's an idea that causes you to become excited and for your heart to be warm. And it will at various times in your life, probably at your conversion and and other times on Easter morning and when you're least expected, you will respond emotionally with joy to the resurrection of Jesus. And it's an idea that will cause you to want to tell other people. And that's exactly what they did. They immediately went back to Jerusalem to tell the eleven and the other disciples what had happened. By now, on this first Easter day, this was not the first story that the eleven had heard. And they all said, it is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon and soon they would all see him. And this is exactly what happened. Luke and also in the Gospel of John, John both tell this story that while all the disciples were together in a room, John says the door was locked. Luke doesn't mention that bit. They say that Jesus miraculously appeared among them. Now, to believe that Jesus rose on the third day is to believe that he was the first to receive a resurrection body. There's a lot we don't know about resurrection bodies. What we do know is mainly from looking at Jesus and his resurrection. There seems to be much about the old body that continues into the new. He had the nail marks in his hands and feet and and so on. But it's not exactly the same. There's something different. There's something that's changed, which is why they took time to recognize him. And there's something mysterious and heavenly about the resurrection body of Jesus, which is why he can disappear in one place and reappear in another place, similar to perhaps what angels seem to do in the Bible. 
Our Christian hope is that no matter what happens to our body in this life, sickness, viruses, injury, death, our hope is that one day when Jesus returns, we will receive our resurrection bodies. And at that time, there will be no more sickness or death. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 42, The body that is sown is perishable, it is raised imperishable, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. He says that Adam is the earthly man and Jesus is the heavenly man. And just as we have born the image of the earthly man, so shall we bear the image of the heavenly man. So we can have hope that one day we will receive a resurrection body, kind of like the resurrection body that Jesus received on that Easter morning. Well, to finish the story, Jesus appears to the disciples in the room with them and he says, peace be with you. And once again, not surprisingly, they were freaked out and they thought they saw a ghost, it says. This was truly a supernatural event. Even though they'd just been talking about Jesus is risen, the Lord is risen, it's one thing to say it, it's another thing to see him face to face. So he calms them down and he shows them his hands and feet to deal with their doubts. Touch my hands, he says, I'm not a ghost. To say that you believe in Jesus who rose again on the third day is to say that you believe he rose bodily. In other words, he wasn't a ghost. Whatever we think about the resurrection body, it's a body. He wasn't some kind of hallucination. The disciples physically interacted with his resurrection body. Not only that, but he ate cooked fish in front of them. And after, the, after the, that fish meal, Jesus proceeded to do with that larger group of disciples what he did with Cleopas and his companion, which was to explain the scriptures to them and to teach them in such a way as they could understand his death and resurrection. He opened their minds so that they could understand. Well, let me pray for us all this Easter morning that God would open your mind so that you can understand and believe in the resurrected Jesus. Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for sending Jesus and thank you that he died on the cross and three days later rose again. And while uh, it might be hard to believe in the resurrection because it's so incredible, uh, we pray that you give all of us listening the power to do that, to trust in the resurrection and to believe in it and to know Jesus in such a way that our hearts are warmed. We pray that you help us to see this through the Bible, the whole Bible, when we're reading the Old Testament, to see how it points forward to Jesus and to be encouraged by that. We pray that this Easter morning, our hearts will be warmed. Amen.